1: This is the Janine Firo Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Firo.
2: Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. You know, we are living in a time when we are seeing and experiencing and witnessing anti-Semitism unlike anything that's occurred uh, uh, except before World War II. And right now, it is very disconcerting. And, you know, on October 7th, when the Hamas decided that they were going to kill, I believe it's about 1,400 Israelis, uh, we have, you know, for the longest time thought that this anti-Semitism was limited to the, uh, you know, us and Palestine and the Middle East. But it has been growing up uh, in the Western world, and we are seeing it in a way that is extremely frightening. And, you know, this week there was a lighting of the Christmas tree in New York City. And the pro-Palestine, many of them pro-Hamas protesters trying to shut down the lighting of that Christmas tree, many of them right in front of Fox News, uh, where uh, where I work, where I do the show The Five, I'm telling you folks, it was frightening. You have to wonder where are all these people getting their information from? Are these just low information people who don't understand what's going on? And when they're confronted with the fact of what happened on October 7th, they simply say it didn't really happen. Babies weren't beheaded. People weren't burned alive. And they pick their own alternative facts. And that's a dangerous place for the United States to be right now. It is a dangerous place because numbers of people who are anti-Semites is very, very disturbing. And we've got to make sure that as a nation, we are not anti-anything. And especially now, in a time when we are approaching the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, Uh, Kwanzaa it's time for all of us to come together and whatever you can do to get people to understand that this is what's going on in the Middle East that Hamas started a war and Israel has a right to end that war and nothing that any of us in the United States uh, can say or do should in any way impact their rightful right to wipe out Hamas under the rules of war and to protect the people in Israel. Anyway, I can't believe we're out of time already. Make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is
3: brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching.
4: for an appointment or NewBridgeHealth.org.
1: This is the Janine Firo Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Firo.
2: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show Joining me now is a New York City Councilwoman representing the 19th District in Queens, New York. Please welcome uh, Vicki Palladino, Councilwoman to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Very quickly, uh, Vicki Palladino is a no-nonsense American politician. She's a member of the New York City Council for the 19th District, uh, which covers uh, College Point, Whitestone, Beachhurst, parts of Flushing Bayside, Eastern Queens. She's a Republican, and she is a woman uh, who was born in Whitestone to working-class parents. And before entering politics, she spent 40 years raising a family and running two small businesses. Uh, I think you're going to like her common-sense approach if, you, if you're if you not familiar with her already. Councilwoman Palladino, thanks so much for joining us on this morning, uh, Sunday morning.
3: It's I who thank you, Judge Jeanine. Thank you. It's an honor. And I'm a huge fan. So thank you very much for asking me uh uh inviting me onto your show. This is great. Thanks.
2: Okay. Well we'll have we'll have a few minutes of fun, uh, councilwoman, that's for sure. Uh you know, what we're seeing now in the schools, and I'm not even going to talk about the uh the the migrants or the illegals in the schools right now, but I want to talk right. about what's going on in the schools and the fact that uh aside from the issue of reading, writing and arithmetic, which mm-hmm. should be a primary focus of schools, we've got kids in schools who are not only not following the the criminal law uh, as it relates to the abuse of teachers as well as each other, but are focused on this woke nonsense and uh, pro Palestinian, pro Hamas uh, setting that we're seeing in the world. What is going on in the schools?
3: What's going on in the school? And we've in the schools, uh, Jeanine. Is that we have been for now? I'd say close to two decades. Uh, we've watched this uh, critical theory, gender theory, anti-Western bias, anti-Semitism, and other there other ideological uh, po- uh, poisons that they have been feeding our kids. And uh, we've been going calling it indoctrination. Uh, I got a little bit of a left-handed reprimand uh, from the school chancellor when he did his interview, uh, well, I should say his press conference at Hillcrest the other day. Uh, you know, because I called it uh, the radicalization of our kids, so it was a backhanded uh, uh, smack to me because he didn't mention my name, of course. But that's what I said, and I told, I, I spoke out very loudly uh, to Fox News online, as well as Newsmax, and now to you. Uh, it's been sickening what we've been seeing happening. Is and this now, ha- is the, this being taught, Vicky? Is this being taught yes, in the schools? Yes. It is being taught. We have got to completely overhaul our curriculum. Our curriculum has done away. You know this. It's been done away with, you know, the basic stuff that these kids need to learn and be prepared to go into high school. You know, some of these high school kids, barely can read yes uh you know we had the covid they shut us down for two and a half years uh we've got kids who are maladjusted socially they lean on tiktok they lean on all sorts of uh they learn you know uh from they're getting their lessons in life so to speak or their daily lessons from the from these um from TikTok and these other means, not from a teacher in front. And another thing Vicki,
2: let me ask you something. When these kids go to school, they're allowed to have their phones with them in the classroom?
3: Well, here's a a thing. In my district, uh, and I have uh, two districts, I have uh, 25 and 26. We have a policy here. Most schools implement it where the kids are not allowed to have their phones on them while they are in school. Now, also, in District 19, I lay, my, most of my schools are elementary and middle. I only have one high school. Mm-hmm. So I cannot speak to this greatly on a high school level, but I could tell you, in my elementary schools and in my middle schools, my principals are phenomenal. They are offering workshops to the parents to educate the parents yeah. at a young age What these kids are actually being, you know, looking into and how they are talking to each other online. To educate the parent because well, okay, parents, because okay, okay, but
2: Vicky Palladino, besides educating the parents, which is so important, I mean, I used right. to do it as DA. We'd bring them in and tell them what was going on in terms of pedophiles, that kind right. of thing. But, yeah. but, but, are these kids allowed to bring their phones in? I mean, I have no problem with a kid having a phone in case a parent needs to get in touch with them, but they shouldn't have access to that phone to use it while they're in the classroom. Is that what's happening?
3: Uh, in high school, I'm going to say yes. In my in my middle schools and elementary schools, these kids should not have their phones. I I, I what is a seven or a ten year old doing with a phone? But What's a if, they, year old doing if they if
2: they bring a phone, phone Vicky, does something happen to them? No, no, they
3: bring the phone, but what they do is they put them in these little cases. Good, which is yes. great. Yes. And you know, you remember Janine when we used we needed our parents. What did we do? You went down to the office, the office called your mother or your father or your aunt or your grandmother, and Mm -hmm. everything was handled. There is no reason for these kids to have any access to social media during the hours of 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. Unnecessary. And, you know, another thing, we've got these uh, teachers in these Ivy League colleges, you know, these professors. Where do they come from, Janine? They come from these very high schools that they're graduating from, that they were indoctrinated into. So we've got this this reckless, reckless ideology being taught at our at our kids at a higher level, the highest level, college. You know, I watched live on I watched you yesterday, the five, and I listened to you talk about. You know, that actress, Huffy, is that yeah. her name?
2: Yeah, Huff, and Huff,
3: yeah. And what the hell, what went on with her, okay, yeah. that she's trying to validate what she did?
2: Yeah, yeah, just have- just for the listeners, what, what she did was, uh, you know, she hired someone to change her kid's uh, uh, grade mm-hmm. on the SAT, and she was convicted and went to jail. Uh, for eleven days, and now she's coming out and she's saying, "Well, you know, I did it for my daughter. I did it to save, you know, her career and all this nonsense."
3: oh nonsense! But, but, I, but, I, I agreed with you one hundred percent. You know, for the students here at this young age to feel empowered enough because there's no consequences. Janine, remember, mm-hmm. no
2: consequences. Right, but so let's okay. talk about let's talk about where these kids are getting information. Are you aware of you know what is what is being taught. I mean, does anyone monitor what the teachers are telling our kids?
3: Well, yes. When I I have had a rash of parents calling my my office in the last two weeks since my tweets went crazy, mm-hmm. uh, and what they're telling me is that their fights that break out as we saw in Hillcrest they happen to capsule, you know, uh, capsulate Hillcrest. But I'm going to tell you, this is not an isolated incident. This mm-hmm. is going on in every high school. Did you see the video where the uh, the school guards were attacked by the kids in yes. Hillcrest? Yes. Okay. What these what these two people tried to do are, and they make p- no money. You know, they're doing this really out of the goodness of their heart when you become a school safety officer. right? Uh, so what they tried to do was they tried to break up a fight that started out between two teenagers, a girl and a boy, having their normal nonsense, and it spun into guys piling on girls. They tried to break this up, so instead, a female and a male school safety guard got pounded. That was hidden. You know how that was? They call for transparency. All that stuff is being pushed under a rug, and I can tell you that firsthand because some mother gave me that video. I'm the one that released that video, you know,
2: about Hillcrest High School. Anyway, really Congress, uh, uh, Councilwoman, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting you to Congress. <laughs> Councilwoman no, Vicki Palladino, I wanted to thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work in the schools. We sense your frustration and we join you in that. Uh, there's a lot we've got to do, but at least you've got someone watching what's going on in the oh, schools. I'm Thanks all so all much for everything. joining us.
3: Thank you so much for everything. Janine. It <laughs> was a pleasure you. and an honor to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you. It's
2: always good chatting with uh Vicki Palladino, Councilwoman New York City. Uh joining us now is a uh a very forceful, uh reasonable, uh straight up straight shooter congressman, Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida's nineteenth congressional district. And the Congressman is gonna join us on the issue of George Santos being ejected from the house of representatives congressman byron Donalds. thanks so much i know you're busy we appreciate your joining us on the judge janine tunnel to towers foundation show on friday uh the house of representatives uh took a vote and decided that they were going to uh evict uh congressman george santos from congress what are your thoughts on that
0: I i thought it was a terrible decision judge i thought it was the wrong move by the members of congress look George is accused of doing things that I think are absolutely wrong. They're terrible. But it has to be adjudicated in a court of law. Congress is not, the, is not the judicial branch. It's the political branch. And I think that if you look at the precedent of the institution, three members were expelled from Congress because they fought in the Confederacy, and two others were expelled because they were convicted in a court of law. George Santos was accused. He was not convicted. He was right. innocent until proven guilty. And I think what happened in Congress uh, yesterday was, uh, in my view, destructive of the institution. Look at it this way. Take some future Democrat speaker. If there's a Republican who has, some, has an ethics uh, complaint against him and that report comes out, what would stop? The Democrats will vote unanimously to remove a Republican, and all you need is half the Republican conference to do the same. I think this is a terrible precedent that is being set. Look. I told George a long time ago, George, if you leave Congress, that's between you and your voters. A lot of members were recommending that he just step aside and resign. He chose not to. But, Judge, that's between him and his voters, not between the other members of Congress. What happened yesterday was wrong. And at this point, where are the articles of expulsion for Bob Menendez in the Senate? Exactly. This is the first time I agree with John Fetterman. I want to see those articles.
2: Well, I got to tell you, when Fetterman came out and put two sentences together already, I was impressed. But, you know, when he said that uh, uh, Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey, under some serious uh, 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 crimes uh, alleged against him in an indictment, uh, he said he is the senator for Egypt. Uh, And right now, what we've got, I think, is a is an example of a, you know, over the top reaction where it should have been a conviction or you know then the rules have to be the same for everyone else and um, right now it was kind of interesting that there were other freshman New York Republicans Mike Lawler Mark Molinaro Anthony D'Esposito they had been pushing for Santos's expulsion for months you would think that they would say to themselves it's up to the people of the district to make that decision but now Kathy Hochul I guess gets to uh, announce that there's going to be an election uh in the next uh i think she has to do it in the next 10 days she has to announce it anyway
0: yeah she's going to announce it's going to be a special election um you know look to the other members in the new york area that wanted to do this i disagree with them i've worked with those guys on a lot of issues but on this one i just felt that they were wrong (laughs) look i get it they were getting heat in their districts because of the antics of george santos you had a lot of new york republicans who were not happy that he was in congress but that does not change the fact that his voters put him there and his voters are the ones who should remove him, not other members of Congress, not the political machinations going on in New York. It was wrong. And if Congress if we're going to truly believe in, in the sanctity of our institutions and, and to save democracy or save our republic, these kind of personal political decisions simply cannot occur. They can't. We have to get back to following the rule of law. Not being a nation of men, we are a nation of laws. That's why we have a constitution. And I just think that what we did yesterday in the House was wrong for my Republican colleagues that agreed with this. They made the wrong decision. And unfortunately, they are going to see that in the future.
2: Yep. Without a doubt. Uh, Congressman Brian Donalds, always an impressive, impressive person. We very much appreciate your joining us this morning. Uh, you are a star and uh, we continue to follow that star. Thanks so much for joining us. Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida. Take care.
1: This is the Janine Puro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro.
2: Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a military veteran and expert. Uh, after almost 30 years in the armed forces, uh, he continues to be an expert on the military. He's also uh, an author of many books that I've told you many times that you should read because I think they're great. But uh, you know him. I'm sure uh, you recognize him, and he's been on this show many times, Colonel David Hunt. Uh, I'm not going to give you the the whole spiel because uh, th- this is the guy who doesn't talk the talk. He actually walked the walk. So uh, good morning, Colonel Hunt. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I want to start this uh, interview on kind of a sad note. Uh, we hear now that, in fact, another hostage has died uh, while in the custody of Hamas. I think it's bringing it up to five or six six Hamas hostages from an elderly grandfather to a female kindergarten teacher uh, have died in uh, captivity. Uh, So aren't they, is not the whole idea to keep them alive so that they can at least uh, use them for uh, Hamas can use them for whatever uh, leniency or, or uh, uh, pause that they need.
4: Yeah, but it's an imperfect science. So let's in this on take the October seventh uh, attack. Uh, the violence to the person, to the to the civilian, to the hostage is profound. Okay, your people are dying around you. You're you're being rushed out by people with weapons. You're in, a, in this case, you're in a situation. You already know how bad Hamas is, yeah. and you're getting captured thrown on the back of a motorcycle you may already be wounded you're certainly smacked around a bit or a lot or a back of a car or a trunk or in the case of what we the tapings we saw they are all there were already women raped before they threw them in the car to take them across the border yeah so all of these things add to trauma and if the if the if' Hamas, and we're learning now um, not didn't know it did not have complete control of the hostages. They, went, they were being taken by other terrorist organizations. You then throw them in the ground, underground, um, in less than sterile environment, and you're not feeding them, except for pita bread, um, um, you've got a real good chance of getting, of having your hostages die on you. They're not well. going to great medical facilities. And, and they've also got, many of these people have got pre-existing conditions Yes. that need constant medical treatment, and they're not getting that in, in a middle, in a terrorist organization. I'm actually surprised more haven't died. People can be very tough. Well, uh, you I know, also- what
2: you describe, uh, Colonel Hunt, is so true, and that is that, you know, we know that they've been abused before they're even put on the bikes or the back of the trucks and taken uh, uh, to Gaza. So, I mean, the idea, though, that, that that it's less than sterile in some of these tunnels, I mean, obviously is the case. But then we hear from some of the hostages who've been released that they were extremely clean because they didn't want to have a problem within the city that is that the tunnel is.
4: That, that's because there were different tunnel conditions right. throughout uh, Gaza. Yeah, And it was luck of the draw. Some had great preparations, some were very clean, some were not. Uh, and I think we also lost a baby, didn't we? Wasn't there a I baby don't know also lost?
2: that 10-month-old, I don't know. I mean, okay. uh, uh, the, we haven't seen the baby come back. No, I haven't.
4: No.
2: Right, so I don't know what's going on okay. with that. And a 10-month-old obviously needs tremendous care. Uh, but but the 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 fear factor is enough, especially if you're older, I would think to, you know, put you in a situation where you are vulnerable uh, to, you know, a heart attack or whatever, uh, if you've got, you know, issues already. But let's talk about the actual kinetic, kinetic war. I mean, the pause is over. Uh, we've got people coming across. They, of course, say that they were treated well. And then, you know, but but they are then these hostages are interviewed so that we can then get a sense of what is actually going on uh, so the intelligence that the IDF is getting will help them and in and finding
4: other hostages? Yeah, you'd hope so, but probably not, because the Hamas or the Palestine Liber- Liberation uh, Jihad that has some of the hostages more more than likely move the hostages uh, once these people, at the battle hostages are released. Because they know they're going to talk and they're going to get debriefed, yeah. um, so it's and the Israel the Israelis that Hamas has been able to hide hostages for years inside Gaza. I mean, it, it, the lieutenant they had for six years, they kept, and it's amazing to think how close Gaza is to Israel. It's yeah. next door, um, and. The amount of technology that's available, the amount of spies being used, the money being spent, so it's very, very difficult um, to to find these hostages. So, uh, and it's massively frustrating to have got, gotten these this number out, and all of a sudden everything breaks down again. Yeah, uh, and now yeah, they're back
2: to the now they're back to fighting. But you know, you mentioned the Palestinian Islamic uh, jihadists they, that that they call it in the West Bank. Uh, What is going on in the West Bank? Uh, And, you know, to our listeners, I'm I'm sure they realize how small Israel is. But Gaza is literally in the West on the Mediterranean. But what's called the West Bank is more East in terms of Israel. Uh, Talk talk about what what Pij is and what they're capable of.
4: The Palestinian Islamic Jihad is a straight up terrorist organization. There's no political arm to them. Um, it's a pay for play. Iran is the major backer. Um, the end of Israel is their game. Right now, uh, it's not a safe place for anybody that's in Gaza. They have not come out to fight. It's similar to what's happening in southern Lebanon with mm-hmm. Hezbollah, yeah. in which they're, they're they're shooting some, but they make, mostly right now. The concern everyone has. Is how we don't even know the answer to this question. How many hostages does the Palestinian Islamic Jihad have? Don't know. And it became public last week when I think it was Hamas admitted that they didn't have complete control over the hostage situation. Yes. And then, yes. then it came out that the Tij, as you call them, which is great, have <laughs> um, have some hostages. So you, um, this was this it's if you're in where you live in Westminster. Trying to infiltrate um, spies inside Westminster or other small communities in New York would be difficult. Well, that's how, the same for the West Bank or Gaza. So it's, it's a very difficult to use human spies in these places. Um, they're used to the technology of, of drones and, uh, flying. So it, because, as good as Israeli really has get, gotten, the terrorists have learned and also gotten better. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. inside Gaza is not a pretty sight for anybody starting starting with journalists. It's not a friendly place.
2: Well, but but when when I mean, the, when the, the fighting Asia, right? continues, Colonel Hunt, when the fighting continues, yeah. if they've moved all the Palestinians south in Gaza and then they start bombing the south, where do the Palestinians go north?
4: Yeah, there's no well. they can go north. There's no place to go to. Right. I mean, as you as one sees, it's been rubble,d it's been dropped. It's, it's, it's yeah. There's nothing there. there. No so then, what what is there's the game that
2: IDF? What's the plan?
4: Well, the IDF stated plan is to continue with the, where they've been fighting, which is um, all, all, total destruction, and and done with artillery and tanks and mechanized infantry and jets and helicopters. Uh, the U.S. is saying just trying to, we're saying, "Hey, can you? You need to do this with less civilian casualties." And Israel's not buying it. We right. don't. Forget. we've got a, a three-star Marine general. I didn't. I haven't. We haven't heard squat from him since he was announced. Supposed to be advising the Israelis. Never thought that was going to work. Um, but, oh yeah, who is that three-star? Uh, What's I don't his name? remember his name. He's, he had he had great a uh, lot of uh, experience in Iraq doing right. this. I don't remember his name. Um, yeah, I'll find out. But Go ahead. He, his. Uh, it's not being very effective. And I, I I never thought that was going to be a good idea where the Israelis would listen to them. So Israel is of the mind to continue the war as they've been fighting. And you hear that when they start saying that because of the six-week six war, that's what, and how hard it was on Hamas. That's the reason that the uh, hostages are being released. So if they really do believe that, they're going to go at the South the same way. Yeah, And what yeah, that means is more, more, more civilian casualties, but we'll never get the right number, as you and I talked, because the numbers right now are coming only from Hamas. Right, The Red Crescent is not getting numbers, and the Red Cross isn't getting numbers. And the Israelis, if they have numbers, aren't giving them up about how many civilians are actually being killed. So the numbers anyone hears are inflated, ridiculous numbers coming out of Hamas.
2: All right and and by the way the three-star general who was sent to advise uh, the Israeli military his name is General James Glenn he's already returned to the US so yeah, i mean we'll sorry. see how that's how that's going yeah, yeah. all right but l- let's talk about the, now that we've been hit what is it 74 times yes uh, our military installations in Iraq and in Syria by the proxies uh, by Hamas and still uh, we're bombing uh, garages. What well, I mean, how long before, and you know, people are uh, a and some of the congressmen are saying it's a great thing because Joe Biden is preventing world war three from happening. It's it's thank God Joe Biden is in charge. What's your reaction to that?
4: It's a, uh... It's unfortunate. It, 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 what it, my reaction is once again, we're not caring about soldiers. And what I mean by soldiers is everyone who serves. Um uh, yes. was a week or two, 10 days ago, you and I were talking, and I used the word inter, intercontinental ballistic missile. I was wrong. It's a, they, they actually were short range ballistic missiles, but the point is they're shooting very large missiles at U.S. forces in Iraq and in Syria. And we're getting soldiers wounded to the tune of over 60, closer to 70 right. uh, soldiers who have been wounded, and many, most, are returning to duty. My So my reaction is that people don't understand the, the paper-thin margin between wounded return to duty and dead. That's a matter of millimeters of where the person was hit, the soldier was hit. Mm-hmm. And the larger, the more times that we get soldiers are hit return returned to duty, is the, more, the better chance of the soldiers dead. And the problem is when you only react in a marginal way, when you, when you as you said, when you attack a garage in Iraq or Syria mm-hmm. um, is not a deterrent to, a, to Iran, who is the ones backing the Iranian militias to do these attacks on us. We're also getting missiles shot at U.S. destroyers. Yes. Um, so we are... We're involved. We're in this war now. Period. Now, whether we and our reaction has been um, minimalist, which has not stopped. I don't care. If, great if it's minimalist and it worked, but the next day they keep shooting at our soldiers. So we're, we're not responding correctly. And I, when I, for me, I'd like to see a couple of dams exploded, maybe a three or four bridges in Tehran dropped. You know, right it, into you know, Iran, hello, break them up.
2: You would take Absolutely. it to Iran. but the... but but Colonel, people will say you're starting World War three. and I you know, I guess finally, the question is, you know, with the United States now saying to Israel after the pause to get the the latest hostages released, well, you don't have to go in so hard, you know, you don't have to do this. you don't have to do that and are not responding to the hits on our soldiers in any, in any realistic way. I mean, it it appears that what the United States will do is they'll continue to kind of pull back even questioning in my mind, you know, will they hold back on some of the equipment that Israel clearly needs from the United States in an effort to keep this thing
4: tamped down? My concern, I think, of course, I think, of course you're right. My concern, this is going to turn into what's happened to uh, Ukraine the Ukraine-Russia war, that it's become a political mess, that when you discuss Ukraine and Russia, it turns out to be Republican versus Democrat.
2: Right.
4: You know, once I, and and that, this could devolve in the Israeli issue to the same thing. And that's Mm -hmm. just, that's just wrong. You just, no, I don't recall anyone stepping in front of the U.S. in 20 years of war in Afghanistan and Iraq trying to tell us how to fight it. I don't recall that happening. No. and it didn't. And it's the same issue with with Israel. We can advise. That's a that's a modern day and it's a moral military. But if you do this, there's only one other way of doing this: small squad units and special operations going room to room, door to door, without use of tanks, without use of artillery, without use of jets. And yeah, that will cause less civilian casualties, but also much more uh, Israeli casualties. And it will yes, take definitely. years. It'll take years to do that clearing. That's the dichotomy here. And, mm-hmm. and I don't see Israel changing the way they're fighting. You know, I I don't think Netanyahu
2: can, given the mess that he's in already with not having the intelligence to find out this was going on. And, uh, you know, the guilt that I mean, there is guilt in all of this. And then you've got the country, a lot of it protesting, saying, you know, stop the fighting. We want our hostages back because Israel is like a family. It's a very small country. Uh, I mean, you know, I can't imagine Netanyahu is going to do anything other than just keep plotting ahead and making sure the Hamas is destroyed as his final act. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's my thought.
4: I don't I I think they'll kill as many kill all the Hamas they can find. I don't think it kills the organization. Just as we found out we killed Osama bin Laden Mm -hmm. and all the all the deaths we killed to the Taliban and ISIS. They still exist because it's an idea. You're not going to kill the idea. And, and so, to, but anyway, they, they'll continue this for at least another 60 days. Yeah. The first top half took them and kill as many Hamas as they can. There'll be too many civilian casualties uh, because it even one is terrible. But un, it's absolutely unavoidable if you continue to fight the way they're fighting. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, Colonel Hunt, we very much appreciate your time on this beautiful Sunday, and uh, we thank you for being available to us. Uh, and uh, I really, uh, I really value your opinion. Thank you so much, Colonel David anytime. Hunt. All anytime, anytime, right. Judge. Thank Bye-bye. you. Up next here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will gavel out with my closing argument. It's all coming up here on the Red Apple Audio Network.
1: This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Firo Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau.
2: Okay, now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. You know, we are living in a time when we are seeing and experiencing and witnessing anti-Semitism, unlike anything that's occurred uh, uh, except before World War II. And right now, it is very disconcerting. And, you know, on October 7th, when the Hamas decided that they were going to kill, I believe it's about 1,400 Israelis, uh, we have, you know, for the longest time thought that this anti-Semitism was limited to the, uh, you know, us and Palestine and the Middle East. But it has been growing up uh, in the Western world, and we are seeing it in a way that is extremely frightening. And, you know, this week there was a lighting of the Christmas tree in New York City, and the pro-Palestine, many of them pro-Hamas protesters, trying to shut down the lighting of that Christmas tree, many of them right in front of Fox News, uh, where uh, where I work, where I do the show The Five. I'm telling you folks, it was frightening. You have to wonder, where are all these people getting their information from? Are these just low information people who don't understand what's going on? And when they're confronted with the fact of what happened on October 7th, they simply say it didn't really happen. Babies weren't beheaded. People weren't burned alive. And they pick their own alternative facts. And that's a dangerous place for the United States to be right now. It is a dangerous place because numbers of people who are anti-Semites is very, very disturbing. And we've got to make sure that as a nation, We are not anti-anything, and especially now in a time when we are approaching the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, it's time for all of us to come together. And whatever you can do to get people to understand that this is what's going on in the Middle East, that Hamas started a war. And Israel has a right to end that war and nothing that any of us in the United States uh, can say or do should in any way impact their rightful right to wipe out Hamas under the rules of war and to protect the people in Israel anyway I can't believe we're out of time already make sure you join us right back here next week same time same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day everyone.